to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. With much of the country on lockdown due to the coronavirus, now's a good time for reflecting. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And what is it we should be thinking about, you may ask? Peer pressure. I know it's not your normal red pill topic, but as believers in Yeshua, we deal with it every day in one way or another. No doubt Israel dealt with it too. So let's look into what our Heavenly Father has to say about it. To our listeners, you can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com, follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Play, Pandora, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, and Stitcher. We love to hear from you. Wow, Dad, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Send us a shout-out from your state in the comment sections. Or let us know what you'd like for us to talk about. And we send a special shalom shout-out to our listeners in Pennsylvania and Panama. Amen. So, peer pressure is a powerful motivator regardless of one's age. It can really be uncomfortable to resist conforming to the expectations of the loudest voices, which may or may not be the majority. Mm -hmm. It seems like human nature is to assume that there's safety in numbers. Imagine that there are two restaurants located next to each other. The parking lot of one restaurant is full of cars and happy people conversing with each other. The other restaurant parking lot is nearly empty with very few people inside. Would it be easy to assume that the better restaurant is the one with more cars and people? Is that always the case? Not always, but from my own restaurant going experience, it often is true. I have to admit that if I'm driving down a road and I see a lot of cars in a parking lot at a restaurant, I assume the food must be pretty good. Because, you know, I don't want to spend any money on a terrible restaurant. Now, the same isn't true for a place of worship. What's important in that case is what's being taught. But, Dad, what should we do to keep from falling into the herd mentality? Well, when it comes to the things of our Elohim, I think it's the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, who will guide us. Amen. I found a good working definition of peer pressure. Dictionary.com defines it as social pressure by members of one's peer group to take a certain action, adopt certain values, or otherwise conform in order to be accepted. In the scriptures and in my own life experience, I've seen peer pressure used as a good thing and as a bad thing. Let's look to the scriptures to see what they say about peer pressure. Okay. In Genesis chapter 3, the serpent challenges Elohim's motives for telling Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit from the tree in the midst of the garden. Once Eve is convinced by the serpent that she will not surely die and that it will make them like gods, she took the forbidden fruit and ate it and then gave it to her husband to eat as well. Now we don't know what she said to him to do what he was told not to do by Elohim, but scripture says he ate. What do you think, Dad? Well, um, I think there was some peer pressure here, even though we don't know the specifics. I also wonder if Eve's um, falling for the serpent's line was, in a way, peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Both she and the serpent were Elohim's creation. Mm -hmm. 
She could have felt safer in questioning Elohim's instructions because the serpent did it first. Mm. You know, I also wonder if covetousness was a part of the sin here. Eve saw qualities that Elohim had, but she did not, and evidently she wanted them. For more about covetousness, check out episode 35, The Ten Commandments, 8 through 10. As it relates to peer pressure, this is an example with a negative outcome. I agree, Dan. Another example of peer pressure can be found in Numbers chapter 30. In this chapter, Moshe sent out 12 men to check out the wonderful land Elohim had promised the children of Israel. When they returned, 10 of them gave an evil report about the land. This report caused the people to become scared and to doubt Jehovah. Caleb and Joshua, however, resisted the peer pressure to agree with the 10 spies' evil report. Instead, they believed Elohim and loudly encouraged everyone to get up and prepare to fight. Israel knew what Jehovah had done for them regarding Egypt, but for some reason they let the evil report outweigh their knowledge of what Jehovah had done in the past. Caleb and Joshua knew that if they continued to put their trust in him, they would win regardless of the size of the enemy. Caleb and Joshua are examples of resisting peer pressure when it seems like everyone is against you. That's a good one, Mom. Another Torah story that relates to peer pressure can be found in Genesis 12. In verse 1, Elohim said to Abram, Get out of your country and away from your family and your father's house to a land I will show you. Elohim promised to bless Abram, and so Abram left. Joshua 24, verse 1 and 2 say, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. He summoned the leaders, heads, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before Elohim. Joshua said to all the people, This is what Jehovah, the Elohim of Israel, says. In antiquity, your ancestors lived on the other side of the Euphrates River, Terach, the father of Avraham, and Nahor, and they served other gods. Now, from this scripture, we know that Abraham started as an idol worshiper. Mm -hmm. We also know that Abram was called to leave his family and to go to a place Elohim would show him. In order to be in position to receive Elohim's blessing, Abram needed to leave the influence of his father and his family. No doubt, many of our listeners are very familiar with the call of Elohim and the need for separating themselves from loved ones, from friends, or even associates. And we are experiencing that now and feel the pain of not always being understood or accepted. Our hearts ache for those who don't see things the way we do because we want them to experience the fullness of Jehovah's word as, as we're doing. Amen. Our prayer is that one day they soon will. But in the meanwhile, we don't want to go back to our blue pill life. What we're learning is found in scripture. The Ruach HaKodesh is confirming that Jehovah's word is eternal and real in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we're only striving to obey our Savior and King Yeshua when he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, which is found in John 14, verse 15. Those commandments are the same commandments he kept, the ones given at Mount Sinai, and the ones which will fully be one day written on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. 
So, what if the Father challenged you about the people closest to you? What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life, some of your beliefs, and some of your associates are out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and keep company with the same people? Or take the red pill, assess the people in your circle, and change your associations based on the Father's instructions? Only you can answer that question. Be careful who you identify as peers. If the people you identify as peers encourage you to do things Jehovah's way, not discounting any of his word, these are the kind of peers you want. If they don't agree with how your Elohim sees things, you may want to change the way you determine who your peers are. Hebrew, 20, Hebrew 10 verse 24 reads, Let us consider one another, provoking each other to love and good works. These are acts of good peer pressure. If someone tries to make you feel bad by saying you think you're better than them because you want to obey God's commandments, just remember, Jehovah made you special, not better. So true. And well said in Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 through 8, Moshe gave Israel strict instructions about how they were to deal with the people in the promised land. He said, when Jehovah, your Elohim, displaces people stronger than you, to place you in the land he promised? When he gives them over to you, get rid of them and don't make covenants with them. Don't intermarry with them because they will turn your heart away from your Elohim and you will follow other gods and Elohim will destroy you. Get rid of their idols because you are a chosen people to Jehovah. Check this out though. Not because you were the largest group, which you were not, but because he loved you and keeps his word. Now clearly, Jehovah did not see the inhabitants of the promised land as peers to his covenant people. It's also clear that Jehovah did not choose his covenant people because of their merits or any inherited good qualities they had. In this scripture, he says that they were not the largest group he could have chosen. In fact, Deuteronomy 9 says our Elohim gave them a reality check. If you check out verses 4 through 6, he says, Speak not in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, For my righteousness, Jehovah has brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of those nations, the Lord drives them out from before you. Not for your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart do you go to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations. Jehovah your Elohim does drive them out from before you, and that he may perform the word which Jehovah swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. Understand therefore that Jehovah your Elohim, this is one more time, does not give you this good land to possess it because of your righteousness, because you are a stiff-necked people. Yikes. This scripture has a message for us believers today too. Mm-hmm. We are grafted in, into the covenants of Israel, and not because of any supposed goodness that we have or that we've done. Nope. It's all part of the Father's plan to keep his word to Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. He sent his own son to renew the covenants because it pleased him to keep his word to Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. 
We're selective about who we call our peers, not because we're any better, but because Elohim has loved us, called us, and separated us for his purpose. Amen. According to Deuteronomy 31, verses 9 through 13, our Elohim's plan was to create a society in which the norm is to hear, learn, and obey the word of Jehovah, and to fear and respect him. This is what he has wanted from the day he made Israel his chosen people, according to Exodus 19, verses 5 through 6. And that reads, Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then you will be a peculiar treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, the believing Gentiles become a part of that nation as well, according to 1 Peter uh, verses, chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, which reads, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people, that you should show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. That is huge. Amen. For a believer, these sound like the people who should be defined as our peers. I would take peer pressure from these people any day of the week. Mm-hmm. The scripture talks about that in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. It says, iron sharpens iron. In like manner, a person sharpens the character of their friends. If your peers are believers in Yeshua who are walking in covenant with him, peer pressure is a good thing. The question is, how do you define or identify your peers? Psalms 1 describes the wrong people to consider as peers. If the people in your inner circle delight in the law of the Lord, the Torah of Jehovah, and meditate in it day and night, then your peers are the right people. Well... That's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we've shared. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. And thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth.